Hello everyone, this is Josh from the Wrestling with the Bullies podcast. I'm here to talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain that it's free. There's creation tools that help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. They go through Apple Podcasting and pretty much anywhere that sets up uh, podcasting for you. Also, you can make your money from your podcast too. Like, and it doesn't take that much at all for you to be able to do it too. So, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you guys are interested, just go to the app in the app, both the iOS and the Android store, or you could go to their website at Andrew, uh, anchor.fm. Thank you and have a good day. Welcome, everybody. It's time for the Wrestling with the Willies podcast. Tonight, it's me, Jeremy, and Joe on the podcast, and we're talking about Hell in a Cell 2022 edition, bitch. And actually, this pay-per-view was way better than I expected. Like, uh, like I thought we were uh, we were pretty much certain that it was gonna suck, and then it was actually like way better than WrestleMania Backlash and some of the matches on WrestleMania too. Well, they had two things, but we'll get to those when we talk to them. But one was definitely the bathroom break because we've seen it like twelve times already. But oh yeah. And I'm sure which one you're talking about. <laughs> like, <laughs> what if it was the one I actually went to the bathroom during? Well, I mean, I think w- there was one where we actually went to the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah, I know I went to get food Number or five. something at the time. <laughs> and uh, what's it called? So I might as well get into it. Probably one of my favorite. I mean, this is a toss up. Like, I, I think that it was. Either this one or the main event that was my favorite out of the whole thing. Mostly because I love all these people. I mean, necessarily, I don't think that Bianca really needs a title belt still. But, I mean, it is what it is. They're, obviously, they have a plan for her right now. But this match was awesome. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, at least it didn't start off slow like most of the matches that I don't really care about. But, like, I definitely thought that this was, like pretty high up on their match of the night or at least it's tied with the la- at the main event to me this one Becky did all the work though and that's you know I oh think- yeah she definitely did she was in the match the whole time practically yeah i mean it's you know Becky, you know- Becky big big time bets and that what they call her big time Becky well, yeah big time she- bets or whatever yeah yeah normally she's not the one that does all the work and this one she did all the work, I would say, because I kept making the comment when we were watching it that that Becky's taking yeah, because she was in, yeah. she's in with each person. Bianca was out for half of it, and then when Bianca was in, Oscar was out. So it was like yeah, Becky was the one constant in that match. And yeah, and it looks like it. they're kind of like doing an implosion arc for her. It seems like whereas like. She's getting like she's trying to figure out why she keeps losing or something because well, even I'm, after the match, they kind of did it where like she was shocked where she's like, "What the fuck is going on?" Well, and they continued it on Raw. I don't know if you saw Raw, but um, he, she faced Dana Brooke for the twenty four seven championship. Yeah, 
and I heard lost. about that. And lost. What? Yeah. She lost against Dana Brooke? What? Yeah. So, um, yeah, because Asuka came out. So they're con- oh. Asuka piece, but at the same time, Becky couldn't even win that title. So they're continuing the she's she doesn't understand why she's losing. Like yeah. all- uh, wow, she's so surprised. Uh, not really surprised, but I mean I'm intrigued with what they do with it. The only thing for Becky Lynch for me, I think when she changed where she turned heel, I think they should have changed her music. I don't yeah, think that she really music. needed the mu- same music. Oh, I mean, because Edge well, has done it before and stuff like that. So, but like, think about how long it's t- it took Roman to change. Yeah, his. yeah, yeah he changed a long time ago too. Yep, they should have taken his shield shit off for a while, and now it's like Final Boss Roman, which I talk about that a lot anyway. But it's just so weird knowing that, like Roman on a segue for it. You know that we mentioned him, but uh, what's it called? It's just so weird how he's not on Hell in a Cell and they're booking Cody like kind of highly on this, and then and now he's supposed to not be on main, uh, Money in the Bank either. For us, like when we are taping that, like recording this, uh, is that he's not going to be at Money in the Bank either. So it's like obviously he's yeah. getting that Brock Lesnar treatment. Well, and they just... unify the belts and then you don't ever defend them. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why I don't understand what they're doing. Like, I really don't. Like, even like, the Usos. Yeah, I was just going to say, it seems like they're doing the same thing with the Usos because the Usos weren't even on this card, were they? No. no. And there was no, The only tag match was the mixed tag. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I don't get it. They unify those belts, and then they don't even have them in a match. It's just... Then they have yeah. the championship contender matches on freaking Raw. I think it's Raw or SmackDown with uh, the Street Profits. And anyways, it's... <laughs> oh, so who is the Street Profits going against? They went against the Usos for a championship contenders match on Raw, I think it was. Oh, so they... What the fuck, man? I don't I don't understand what WWE are kind of doing right now. Yeah, I, It seems I, kind of weird with everything that they're choosing. Yeah, it seems like they're kind of... Um, what do you call it? Rolling with the punches or whatever you want to call it. Like they're not real worried about what they're the product. Yeah, it seems like whatever the product is, they ain't really worried about it. That's what it seems like to me, at least. Uh, but like, I don't know. Definitely, uh, really great match with Bianca. I knew that she was going to go over. I mean, most of these matches too were like you could tell who was winning. Or whatever, like at least with the the only one that I was trying to figure out, uh, there was only two of the matches where I thought that they were, they were gonna go a certain way, and that was mostly the next one, which was Bobby Lashley and Omos and MVP doing a two on, uh, on one handicap match. I didn't know where they were gonna go with it. I figured Lashley was gonna win, but like I was unsure about it. Like at one point, knowing that it was a two on one. But they showed, like, beginning where, like, Cedric came out. And then he was like, the Hurt Business is done. So I was like, oh, okay. So that's how Lashley's winning then. <laughs> but here they go again with the... Uh, so, almost is the biggest... One of the biggest guys in WWE. 
I know he sucks, but at the same time, you book him in a two two on one handicap match. Yeah, this makes him look weak. But he's yeah. supposed to be the biggest guy in freaking WWE. It's like what the shit? I I don't get. <laughs> yeah, honestly, lost. if you wanted to build him up like as a beast, it would be like. Well, do doing what they're, what they're doing with Lashley, where it's like the opposite. They would have or, almost be in a two-on-one handicap match. Or do what they're doing with Wardlow in AEW, where he, where I think he's... Uh, oh, he's doing a 20-on-one match. <laughs> <laughs> Elimination style on Dynamite next week. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Why they don't do that shit? If you really want to book somebody as a monster or someone that's going to thrash through people... Book him like that. Yeah, because I think Omos is like seven foot three or something like that. Yeah. He's like a tall dude. Yeah. So like you would think that he would he like it's one thing with you having MVP as his talking piece and stuff like that. That's one thing. Like if he can't fucking cut a promo to save his life, whatever. But like uh, I don't know. This whole feud with him and Lashley or is just not working out to me. Well, like, I, long. I can that but anyway what do you i didn't think? care for this match i wasn't invested at all well that's what i'm saying that's one one thing about a lot of the matches especially at wrestlemania black backlash when we watched it last, last month and then we were we didn't even really cover it because we didn't think that it was worth it to talk about because like uh, all the matches were the same i mean granted the matches were better but i mean like that's not really saying much. Well, then <laughs> With WWE at... has been doing the same types of matches, yeah. Lane, no matter what. Well, you look at this card, there were only really three matches that were different. Yeah. Like, the, it's Bobby, mostly because they're setting up Judgment Day. Yeah. I mean, and then Kevin Owens and Ezekiel, which there's, and they've been setting up for that. And then a Theory and Mustafa Ali. Yeah. Really. Really, the only difference, like all the other matches they've already done, like many a times. So yeah, it's three, it's three premium live events in a row. Yeah, it's not like it's not like it was a year ago that they had a match. I mean, Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin have fought for like six months now. Yeah, and if it like, and if they weren't fighting, they were like feuding with uh, Drew. Yeah, really. I mean, like. And, and, like, okay, some people were saying, like, anybody that fused with Corbin, it seems like they're just, like, going into a black hole type thing. And that's what it seems like is the case. Even with Madcap Moss, it kind of goes that way. But that's what I'm saying is, like, the Bobby Lashley thing. It seems like, and especially, I don't know if he's going into, like, uh, business for himself and he's doing the title thing. Or if they're setting it up for him to go against Roman, which I mean, if anybody's going to have a good match, possibly great match with Roman, it's Bobby Lashley. I definitely think that that would be an intriguing match to see. But like, I don't know why they had to unify him. Why couldn't they have just done like where he was doing double duty? I think that would have made Roman bigger of a beast in the first place if he was just doing both. Like, especially if they're trying to build them up as, like, uh, the best ones. If they're saying that they're the ones, you would think that they would be like, I don't give a shit how many times I have to wrestle. I will beat all of you. And that's, like, a legit thing. 
if Roman was in two matches and then the Usos were in two matches and then they were winning. But they ain't even doing that. <laughs> they ain't even having them on the card for like two or three months. It looks like the next time we're going to see Roman is probably SummerSlam. Probably. Which is, bullshit, which is bullshit. Same with the Usos. It's like, really? Are you fucking serious right now? It's like, uh, you try to figure out why I got tired of seeing fucking Brock do this shit. And it, the exact reason. If you're being a part-timer, you don't need to have the belt. Like, you need to build up fucking stars and, for the next 20 years instead yeah. of, like, doing the same bullshit. And needless to say, both belts. Yeah, that's I mean, what I'm saying. So Riddle is just calling out a dude that doesn't show up, right? Lashley is doing the belt thing, a gesture to, like, no one because he's not on TV right now. So literally, and then the Usos are just like, and like all the tag teams, all the tag teams that they do have, they ain't doing nothing with because... They, they're not on TV right now. So it's like, what the fuck are you building in its place? And I think that's mostly yeah. why so um, this pay per view was better was because it wasn't like eight matches that we've seen twenty damn times. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest issues they have right now, honestly, is they let go so many fucking people that they yeah. have nobody else built up enough to to be on a main card. Yeah, like at this point, who are you gonna have as a t- to face off against the Usos because you don't really have anybody developed. Yeah. Like the Street Profits, and you were trying to get them over, and then they had the belts for a short time, and then they lost them to probably the Usos or whoever else. Then there's Alpha Academy, which they're just like heels. So they like them going against the Usos, they would have to be in like a triple threat match type thing where it's about like. Two heels going against two face tag teams. They piss off FTR and look at what they're doing in AEW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly the thing. Like they are the top of the like they're doing banger matches like all these other teams. I'm intrigued with the one that they're doing with Will Ospreay though, <laughs> and uh, I think it's called the United Empire or something. The the uh, faction that he's in. Yeah, I'm telling because you. he used to be in, uh, I think it was in Chaos with uh, Okada when he was doing a Chaos, and now it's like he's doing his own thing. Yeah, I feel that AEW is just making the right choices right now. Yeah, and I'm not saying like they have made every right oh, choice, they right? They haven't. Uh, like, I don't think that, I still have thoughts uh, about Cody. I don't think that they should have released him. I'm like, I don't think he should have let him go. He should have given him the money that he asked for. I mean, to a certain degree, at least give him more than what he was making. I don't know how much he was making before, but, like, should have at least made more money if that was the case. But on the flip side, I'd let MJF go. I wouldn't. Well, that and that's the main thing. It, like, oh, I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast, but, like, during the promo, they were also talking about double or nothing or whatever. Like I don't remember if we were talking about in double or nothing, but he went to and went. Uh, pretty much, they let him do a promo. He went into business for himself, and then was trying to bait Tony Khan to fire him. And if it was me in the same situation, I'll do what it looks like he's appearing to do, which is 
deleting his presence everywhere and letting him ride out his contract. Well, I believe I believe there's an edict from Warner Brothers that even told them not to or told them to do to to remove him from everything. Yeah. So, I mean, this is I like I said, I think and we're kind of diverting from our discussion, but um, MJF, I think, needs to go. And and if I was WWE, I wouldn't hire him. But but uh, because he's a loose cannon and isn't worth what he thinks he's worth. I mean, regardless of what he thinks. And fans, if they're stupid enough to really believe that, then they're... I mean, the main thing is that he's a talker, right? Like, no matter what, he knows how to talk good on a promo. But, like, bitching about money when you sign a contract till 2024 and then he doesn't have to go out of his way to, like, typically it seems like in wrestling they do, like, at least a one- to two-year contract. And then especially with WWE, they do, like, the no-compete clause for, like, a certain amount of months beforehand. Tony Khan could have been a real dick and left him on his starter contract to begin with for until 2024. Yeah. But he gave him a raise and then he wanted more. I'm like, Jesus Christ. You know, that's why it drives me nuts. And I'm not just talking about wrestling and I'm kind of diverting a little bit too, but basketball players do the same damn thing and it pisses me off. You sign a contract and then you get pissed. You don't want to play for a team anymore. And then you force them to trade you. And the way you force them to trade you is if you quit playing for them. Yeah. And like James Harden's an example. You got Ben Simmons that is even worse. I mean, you know, and these jokers that, and they're, they're getting paid millions to sit on their ass. And it's like, you know, I'll play for not even half that and you'll get something out of me. Even at my age today, you'll, you'll get more out of me at a little dollar amount than you're getting out of them. And it, it just drives me nuts. I mean... And yeah, and that's why I figured when we started talking a bit about MJF, I figured that we might as well add a little bit to the conversation just because we were talking about this when it happened. When I saw the promo, I think the day of Dynamite, I saw the promo and then I was like, okay, this is cool, everything that he's saying, especially if it's a work shoot thing. But then he was like, yelling calling him a fucking mark and all this shit and like he was like i want you to fire me and i'm like sorry if it was my uh, viewpoint of it i would have been like sorry motherfucker you're sitting until 2024 on the same fucking contract not on tv you fucking wait until you could fucking apologize i'd give him shitty fucking angles for the next year and a half yeah i'd take the damn diamond ring away from him and then I'd see how you can fucking work, because when you're when 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 he's given everything like that, it's real easy to perform real well. Yeah. But when you start taking stuff away, let's see how you actually perform. Yeah. So yeah, a good example of Stone Cold was the ringmaster when he freaking started. He created Stone Cold, right? Yeah. It wasn't WWE that did that. And he probably did that out of necessity because he felt he was he was in the not the situation he wanted to be in at the time. Yeah, Stone Cold could be you could say the same thing about Stone Cold because he left WWE, you know, in bad 
you know. Yeah, he said that he uh, regretted leaving a couple of times. Like, I think it was the main time is when he left over the Brock Lesnar thing. Yeah. Where he was supposed to put over Brock Lesnar, but then he thought that it needed to be at a pay-per-view, and they wanted to do it on a Raw. So he was like, no, and then he took his ball and went home. And that's the only time that he's talked about that he regrets doing the stuff that he did. I'm like, sorry, I mean... But at the same time, the difference between Stone Cold and MGF, MJF is Stone Cold was like their number one merch guy. At yeah. the, pretty much the number one guy in WWE. So MJF is not. And and he's not even probably close. He thinks in his head he is. But they've got CM Punk. They've got Brian Danielson. They've got all these guys ahead of him. Yeah, and that's what that's the main thing for me when he was talking about like numbers or whatever, where he was saying that his segments were higher than others. And I was like, sorry, there's not that many that I've seen from MJF that I think is deserving of him to like well, his pull talk- the shit that he pulled. His talking segments might be, but I guarantee you, when he gets in the ring to wrestle, it's not because of him. Yeah. And that's what I'm like, saying. It's like, and he even mentioned that, right? Yeah. Like, I thought that was cool. You know, and then he mentioned it. And he was like, yeah, you guys only give a shit, like, when you're talking about in-ring stuff or whatever. And I agree with that. Like, we're just talking about, like, giving our opinions on shit. Really, at the end of the day, that's what oh, what we're doing. Uh, but, like, him, like, I don't know, going into business for himself, that's all I could see that he was doing for this. Like, he was just fed up, and then probably Tony was like, yeah, do something like CM Punk did, essentially, when talking about, like, he was going to take some time off or whatever the fuck reason was, and then he went into business for himself, and then they and they called him a fucking Mark and everything else. So... On the end of the thing, I like MJF, but I think he handled the situation wrong, and, like, that's pretty much it. Like, I mean, everybody can have their own opinions on it, but that's just what I believe. Uh, and uh, What do you think, Joe? I, I know you haven't really spoke much on it, though. I, I mean, I think MJF is, like, one of the top heels, but I think, I mean, part of me is, like, you signed a contract, dude. Like, why aren't you doing, you signed a contract and if your boss is willing to work with you, why are you throwing such a temper tantrum? You use what you built up during those whatever years and you use that to go forward with your new contract. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was, that's what I always get at. It kills me because if he thinks about it logically, that's only a year and a half away. This dude could, could ultimately become the number one heel across wrestling. Yeah. And at the end of his contract, he could make triple to quadruple the amount he's making now, maybe even more. But now, because he did this stupid shit, when he. Nobody said, wants to buy him. Yeah. Nobody will want to touch him. I wouldn't want to sign him. I'd be worried that he'd go fly off the handle after a year. I mean, so it's like. I wouldn't even want to touch him with a 10-foot pole. Look at Tessa Blanchard when she did her shit. Look how long it took her to go somewhere. Oh, shit. Like, um, she's pretty much blacklisted right now, kind of. I mean, she's with Women of Wrestling or whatever. They're trying to redo WoW or whatever. 
from like years past or whatever they're trying to do that but like she's pretty much ruined her career just the way that she treats people i guess like it seemed like she was too big for her britches that's what it seems like and then now other people are like no (laughs) yeah and that's what i'm saying with mjf i mean people might like him but from a business standpoint people aren't like him like yeah because you don't have the trust in him to uh, like for him not to like freak out or sign him and then he won't like the number he's got and six months in he's gonna want to try to renegotiate and get pissed off and fly off the handle on live tv yep and so you know and i mentioned this with cm punk the difference me they they compare the pipe bombs and the one thing i said is cm punk never went directly at vince mcmahon he went he went at the company during his like, yeah, mo- the, most of it was about the problems with the company rather than the person. The and, person, yeah. MJF <laughs> went directly at the freaking owner. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm like, really, that's not real smart. Anyhow, we can we can quit talking about this because we're, you know, but. Yeah, I just figured that we had mentioned on, on this one, you know, that we started mentioning him anyway. Well, yeah. But uh, once again, bookings, I mean, I just. It's yeah, I'm just curious with what they do now. Like, if he's just gonna be completely gone until 2024, or if they're gonna have him off of TV for a certain amount of time and then he'll come back, I don't know, or what they've removed him from everything. So, well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if like what they're gonna be trying to do. They took him off the roster page, they took his merch off, they removed him from the intro to rampage. They, I mean. They're literally not even talking about him. They were they took him out of YouTube clips, so he's not even like in any of the the YouTube stuff from the week's matches and stuff. He's not even. In, it, oh damn! <laughs> that's why I said it's it's and you know it's yeah. rampage either. So, um, yeah, I don't think he's gonna be around. I, yeah, probably not. And like right now, like you were saying, I don't think that WWE is going to want to touch him. <laughs> I want to. Like, yeah, that's the main thing because they would be like, what makes you think you know, I'm not going to have the?" And this kind of reminds me of Big Show's shit where like Big Show talked about like he kind of had a big head when he first went to WWE and then they dropped him down and then like... uh pretty much regrew him as a character from the ground up again. Like he was saying that he was too big from his britches because of in WCW they were uh giving him everything. Like they gave him the title like super early and stuff like that. So like he kinda had that when he transferred over. So it's kinda like the same thing. If anything they would put punish him for a certain amount of time. But I don't think he really needs to be there. <laughs> No, but uh, yeah. But, so but that's anyway, why I yeah. agree with some of the stuff MJF said. Like they're giving all this money to XWWE guys, but they are also known. Yeah. Also, at the same time, they're known on a bigger stage, and they probably ain't making half the money that they were making when they were in fucking WWE. But even like Ember are- Moon was just talking about that she could have had life changing money if she stayed in WWE. So obviously she wasn't worried too much about money. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, but regardless, they're still known. Look at the pop they got when they arrived. CM Punk yeah. crying out loud every time he's on TV. 
Otherwise, he wouldn't be on TV as much as he is. Yep, he's on t- and TV every every Dynamite and every Rampage. It seems like practically. Well, except now that he's got hurt. But I mean, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, the guys that are on TV are the ones getting the draw. Yeah, MJ and that's, that's, that's what he kind of talked about too—the media scrum or whatever. When after CM Punk won, like that's what uh, Tony Khan was talking about in the interview he was like super hyped which was like a little bit too much but he was talking about like he was pushing the most merch and supposedly like every like spot he was in but the was other- making him more ratings and this and that i don't find it to be that much more but they're probably making yeah. more money for like but the- uh, attendance and stuff like that oh yeah but the interesting part though is even in that situation he wouldn't talk about mjf yeah yeah, that's why I was saying that you know you know there's an issue because he's not and it, and if there if this is really a work they're doing the best work I've ever seen. Yep, because I I've never seen it to this extent anywhere where they've went to this depth. Yeah, it. like the only thing that would be closest to it is like the Sasha and Naomi stuff right now. But that's but, a, but I mean it's not a work. That's what I'm saying. If anything, they would if they did this shit, it would be because of the Sasha Banks stuff. Trying that, but I don't think it's that case. No, I don't either. Because but, Sasha uh, didn't no show a fan event either. Yeah, he that's what I'm saying. one night, but I mean, yeah, better than doing what MJF did. To be honest with you, yep, for real. So anyway. On the um, like back on the pay per view, I mean, it only had like seven uh, seven matches on it anyway, which yeah. was Kevin Owens and Ezekiel. And I was surprised Kevin Owens won, and then it seemed like on Raw or something, Ezekiel came out and said that he was Elias or something. Let's see, but then he said he knew that would get Kevin Owens. You didn't want. The whole thing. He basically said he lied that he wasn't a lot that he wasn't Elias, but he knew he could get over Kevin Owens that easily by saying he was. Oh, okay. Yeah. But but still, that's a stupid. I don't get the the Ezekiel thing. I yeah, I don't, I don't get that either. I I I don't get it at all. And he looks too much like Ultimate Warrior without face paint to me. <laughs> yeah, and and uh. And then Kevin Owens, if I was him, this is one of those things. He signed, and look at what they're doing with him. I'm like, what the shit? Besides the, the Stone Cold thing at WrestleMania, they're not really doing much with him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it goes from, like, him getting his ass beat from Stone Cold to being with Ezekiel. And then they're like, oh, it's Elias. Uh. <laughs> Um, it's like fucking yeah. that shit's so old. It was old like the first day that I saw it. I was yeah. like, oh my god. And Come on, man. So some of the biggest pops in the company. What Kevin Owens did? Yeah. When you listen to him come out, he gets the as a heel, he's getting some of the bigger pops from the crowd. And it's yeah. like what sense does this make? Does this tell you that you're you have him in the wrong spot? Yeah. That's what it tells you. And you know, and like I said, this match was okay. I didn't expect Kevin Owens to win either, but it's like I'm not a real big fan of Elias or Ezekiel or whatever you want to call him right now. So it's like he he's in these nine-minute matches all the time, 
Yeah, yeah and this one was kind of weird too because it looked like they were gonna like because he did like a high knee and then an elbow drop and then it seemed like that was gonna be the end of it. And then they did like another like five or six minutes after that. And then and then he lost. So I was like, oh, okay, so where do you go from here? This is kind of like Yeah, and these are the standard Elias slash Ezekiel matches that he has. They like he loses most of the time. But they, they're only like six to nine minute matches. And as as in shape as this guy looks, you would think he'd be able to go longer than nine minutes. Yeah. He probably can. Maybe they're just limiting him. But why? I don't know. It's just I, weird, man. It, the whole thing is weird. That's what I'm always, saying. Like, even when he was Elias, the matches he had were always short. Yeah. And he always lost, pretty much. I mean, he didn't win very often because he was a heel guy that sang the songs. I thought that gimmick was brilliant. Yeah. Especially but, when, like, I thought, like, when it was getting over the crowd, they were going to turn him face, and then he yeah. was going to do that where he was just going to make fun of heel characters. Well, and, that, and then they dropped it real quick and then turned him heel again. It, it's a brilliant gimmick to go either way. Literally, you can piss people off by a, good, by a bad song, or you could make people happy by... You know, making fun of the bad guy. Yeah, like if you're if you're like talking about like this is a great song from blah blah blah, and then they play a wrong song from a different state. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> like totally let's, different thing, and then he's like, "Oh, I thought that was here." And you don't have to change your gimmick besides what you're saying. Yeah, I get so, his gimmick change. Yeah, I don't get it either. Well, I'm, oh, from, I wonder what they're going to be doing from yeah. here, though. But like, how do you get rid of Ezekiel now? Yeah, that, I mean, that's. Uh, do you all of a sudden say, "Nope, I am Elias"? Well, that's fucking stupid. He went eight months with just bullshitting who you were. I mean, it's like what? Uh, I just think yeah. that he's backed himself into a corner. Well, it, I don't think it's so much Ezekiel or. Like Elias's fault. I think oh, this is what they pitched him. Oh, I guess he's just trying to do the best out of it. But like, still, Ed, if I was pitched that, I'd be like, uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, hey, we're just gonna make you shave your beard and then come out and then say that you're the younger brother of your brother, or like of yourself. Yeah, and then we're gonna have Kevin Owens tell you that you're a liar for like four months, and then have Chad Gable do a lie detector test and. Oh, yeah, that looked clearly fake where they had a laptop set up. It's like, no la- <laughs> no lie detector is like that. What the hell are you doing? If you're going to do it properly, at least get, like, a dude that just makes it look, like, legit instead of, damn, Chad Gable. Do you think that Chad Gable knows how to do a lie detector test? Come on. And yeah, then I'll tell you, the next match, I know I don't know how much we've got to talk about this one, but the next match... With what happened on Raw, this match did not make any sense to me. Now, the, yeah, it looked yeah. like AJ got like bled out. Like I don't know how he got his head knocked over, but I but, saw that he was bleeding at one point. I don't know what what happened to him in mid match, but, but I think I mean, that's why they threw him out of the ring before the finish. No, I get that, but knowing and I guess we'll talk about it because people that listen to this podcast probably watch raw like we do but i mean judgment day edge was basically eradicated from or extricated 
I guess you could say, from Judgment Day and replaced with Finn Balor. So, Which makes no sense because Finn Balor ate the pen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so when you watch this freaking match and then you see what happened on Raw, this match made no sense. Because yeah. Involved, there was like no point to it. There, there, I mean, this was just filler and it took up 16 minutes. And it's then, like, he, so and then him uh, betraying or like being in the judgment day the next day made even more sense and less sense well, because he, of it happening. The one that created the faction. It's not like he, <laughs> you know, you the payoff is. You, you just get these guys pretty much not too long ago. I mean, Rhea Ripley's only been in the group, what, a couple of weeks? Uh, yeah. Probably, yeah. And two weeks after, you've turned on him, and Finn Balor's the replacement, and there was really no tie-in to why. Like, I'm going to be interested to see how they pay this off. Like, yeah. I'm kind of confused the whole way anyway. (laughs) I get the backstage stuff that, you know, I've heard that Edge didn't like the path that they were going down, but I think there's a better way to off than the day after. Kick him out, yeah. You kick him out. Well, that's why I thought it was weird when I saw it. I was like, what the hell are they doing now? Well, I think that's what I was telling you because I thought, oh, they're just going to announce the new member. And yeah. Finn Balor being a new member kind of made sense, would have made sense. But because for- you, all they would have needed to say was like, because he's lost like a bunch of matches on Raw and everything. All they needed to really say is just because I'm tired of being overlooked, blah, 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 like a bunch of bullshit about like why he's turning his back on the fans, like usual, like. Well, because the interesting thing to me is that I don't know if the coach injury drove any of the Like, because, you know, they don't have a top baby face because Cody Rhodes is hurt. <laughs> and I think the ultimate goal was for Cody to be the top baby face, right? Yep. So they had all these heels and no baby face now. So I don't know if that's one reason they moved on this so fast. But oh, like thinking I, that they were switching because Edge yeah. is a huge name? Yeah, that Edge would be the new baby face while Cody's out. But I honestly think, and we'll get it to the end, but they they missed an opportunity with this, in my opinion. And I don't think I'm the only one that feels this way with who the new top baby face should have been. But yeah. been AJ Styles if it wasn't going to be Cody. Oh, no, I think it, well, I'll get to it, but I think it should have been Seth, but... Um. Oh yeah, yeah. Because because they they keyed into it during Raw, and they could have went that way very easily, and they didn't, and they should have, because yeah. they, he has the crowd. Seth has the crowd, and and like I said, we'll talk about it at the end when we talk about the Cody Seth match. But well, I mean, pretty much the Mad Cat Moss and happy Corbin match. Nobody really needs to talk about it anyway. I mean, it was better than the, I thought uh, it was going to be. You no, mean, I, I happy mean, Corbin versus happy Corbin versus generic creator wrestler outline? Oh, yeah. It was Riddick Moss. This is pretty much how Riddick Moss looked like when he debuted on Raw. Practically. Didn't have the, the 
suspenders and all this shit. And then at one point they're like, oh yeah, he paid for him to be his lackey. I'm like, when did that happen? Like, what the fuck? I don't understand like the process of that. Yeah, this didn't last long. I think I did. I don't remember what well, I did, but I didn't yeah. watch the whole match. But I, I knew that it was going to be crap anyway, and I figured Riddick Moss was going to win or Madcap Moss or whatever. And the crazy part was it was the fourth longest match on the card. Which is insane, yeah. It, I'm like, what? We've seen it, Yeah, the Theory and Mustafa it. Ali match was shorter than this one was. Yeah. What? I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it made no sense for the fifth, or fourth time to see these fuckers, and for it to be twelve minutes long it was a joke. It was. It was. This was my bathroom break match too, and I de- I was watching it after it was live, so I literally was like, "Should I pause this or no?" And I was like, "No, nah, I don't care." I just got up and went to use the bathroom. Yeah, well, then- and you you've missed a lot of the pay per views that we watched, but literally we've seen this. So it was yeah, we saw it like four times, um, or at least we saw like that's uh they've done the neck thing like uh, with other members like first it was Drew uh, Drew McIntyre, and then they did the feud with Drew McIntyre. Then they showed that Madcap Moss is the reason why Happy Corbin lost, which like it mattered. And then so they had to break up Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin. Again, which it seems like way too fucking early to do any of this shit most of the time. Because they only give them like six months and then they break them up. It's like, how could you per, uh, like you know, make them as a good team on gel enough if you only give them like four or five months? Well, not- gonna, And so like they already broke up already. Where not, now they did this match last month or whatever, and then then they did the next thing, and now it's just like doing the same thing against Happy Corbin, which that was the finish of the match was hit, him hitting him in the neck with the thing. Yeah, not to mention chair or whatever. Happy Corbin's gimmick is dumb as shit. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. That, oh, I'm rich now because I won money. At one thing when we were in Vegas, right? Rich before it's like, yeah, that was the whole gimmick was he lost all his damn money, and then he won it back at uh, in Vegas, and then he has a bunch of money now. So what was the point of even changing the gimmick? You could have just left his gimmick the same and said his luck was better now. Now he's Cappy Corbin dressing completely different. Yeah, and he makes stupid jokes. The best, the best part was practically him hitting him in the head with the the or hitting him with the chair thing, with the steel steps on the, uh, with the chair or whatever. That's the best part of the match. Everything else is crap. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't care to see this shit. Like it's uh, like stuff that I've seen so many times, and it's like a black hole of Corbin, man. Mm-hmm. Like they like. That's the problem. It, everything's the same with him. He can't be the same douche all the time. Well, like, the, they need to turn him. That's why I think organically they need to turn him when they did the fucking poor angle with him. It was a perfect way of turning him face so they could do something different with his character instead of the same shit. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired of seeing him feud with the same guys for four or five months. 
and it's always the fucking same. They literally did the neck thing with Drew McIntyre, and he literally did the same thing with Madcap Moss. It's like, come on, man. It's like literally the same thing. How are you supposed to show depth with Corbin if he does the same shit? That's the WWE playbook, though. I remember when we were talking about it before with Randy Orton. Remember when he was doing the Legend Killer stuff? That's all he was doing every time he faced somebody. He was punting them. Yeah. Like, and, and he did that for, for a while, and then all of a sudden he stopped. Why? Yeah. Like, you can literally keep doing that until you go face. You know, and I then, mean, even when you're a face, you can still do it. Just do well, it against bad guys. I know, but that's what I'm saying. But but he completely just stopped doing it. Now he does the RKO out of nowhere. And now I think he's near the end of his career. But that's just my thought process. Because oh, yeah. he's like, I mean, like how many years can you do like well, this stuff all no, the time anyway? I just feel like he's he's propping Riddle up to replace him. I mean, that's what I feel that. He's yeah, playing, but um, I don't know. I could be wrong, but it just seems that way. Um, anyhow, but yeah, I I'm not a I never have been a Baron Corbin or Happy Corbin fan. See, Corbin to me, when he was doing the lone world wolf shit, I liked the most, mostly because he would come out to the ring, do the end of days on people, pin them, and then leave. Constantly, yeah. and then once they do, turn him into a douche, that's when I stopped caring about his character because all his shit is the same. He's been doing the same shit since he turned a heel. He just does douchey things all the time, and then he sits there and he's like, "Like even the matches are the same." The funniest part of the match was that the crowd was still doing the table thing. I'm fucking. Let me just say my opinion on tables. Tables don't need to be in fucking every damn hardcore match. Period. Why do you care? Why do certain crowds always ask for tables all the time? But the table spot was funny because he went to go grab it and then he put it back in. (laughs) And that's the good thing about Baron Corbin is with his heel thing. He could play to the crowd and be like, you're not getting it. <laughs> and it makes sense with him being a heel. But other than that, I don't really care about the whole thing. Oh, and but one thing. I do not give a shit about seeing tables in every fucking hardcore match. I agree. One other thing I want to point out on the Judgment Day or the Edge thing. I think this, since they didn't go the one way that Joe was talking about, like making AJ Styles more of a. Um, baby face because I think that's what they're doing but um, is making Edge the ba- the new baby face at this point but they can team up AJ and Edge a certain way now yeah and that that would actually be I think fairly smart well I'm intrigued with smart, what they do but like hopefully our WWE is right now because I feel yeah. like their stuff is kind of Stupid. Yeah, especially even with the, uh, especially with the next match too. Yeah, even with like, the- I wonder if they paid Mustafa Ali more money for him to come back, or if they, if he knew that he wouldn't be able to get out, he might as well wrestle, or they forced him to wrestle out his contract or something. I and bet they forced it. Back. I thought I. Re- 
Which that would be fucking insane if he would resign, especially when he was having such issues. If he did, he did the same thing as Kevin Owens did, though. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they ain't using him right. That's the problem. Is and like the, some well, of these guys that resign obviously do it for the money because they don't do it for the wrestling because they haven't given Ali a title. I think for at least a few years. I think he had the United States title. This was like ages ago, or maybe it was the Intercontinental title. It was one of the titles. I don't remember which one, but it was ages ago, and he hasn't whiffed it in a while they didn't do anything with him with retribution it's kind of like the kevin owens thing once he got the universal title after that they he hasn't really seen a whiff of like the united states and like uh any of the later title bills which is insane because they're all great yeah he has two and a half years left on his contract fuck so that's why he Damn, like, uh, so it's an MJF thing. Fucking yeah. shit. Oh, oh. They signed him to a long contract. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh. He's... That's the example. And that's why I was saying that the difference is I feel that Mustafa Ali is a better wrestler than MJF is, though. Yeah. And so... he does pretty good promos, too. I mean, like, yeah, especially when he was doing his shit on Twitter, he was doing some good impassioned promos. Well, they I mean, could get you over if they allowed the payoff, it on TV. The payoff for that kind of sucked that he was the leader of Retribution, but where the hell did that go? Nowhere. They dropped it. They still have they still have Dominic Djokovic as T-Bar, and then they still have the other dude playing as Mace. They I mean, haven't I, even I, changed their names. They're still those, but then they don't have the Retribution shit. Yeah, I feel it was a good gimmick. But then they just stopped it, and they released half the people that were in it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like what? Because I mean, wasn't Mercedes Martinez? In it? Yeah, Mercedes was Mia. one of them. Then it was Mia Yim, was another. Then it was Shane Thorne. He was the one who played Slapjack. I forgot the dude. Uh, the pl- uh, the dude that plays Mace. He used to do commentary on NXT. I forgot his name though. But, but I mean. Those are the only two left, right? Besides Mustafa Ali, everybody else is gone. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it's like what? I mean, so anyway. But I mean, like we could talk about all day about missed, uh, oh, we missed could. chances when it comes to a lot of groups because but there push, was a lot of potential but, and then it just went nowhere. But push theory, who was already demoted once. Uh, that's what. Yeah, I, that's I, what I'm saying. It's like they dropped him down. Like, he was with, who was it? I think it was Angel Garza or something, right? Like, yeah. when he was on main, uh, like on the main roster. I think it was with Andrade and Angel Garza. Yeah, then he was dropped back down to NXT, and he was, like, just like a mid-level guy. Yeah, he was just a regular dude. Then they raised him up again, and they pretty much gave him the same thing that they did with Drew, which is, like, you're the chosen one, where he's now his protege. And then they dropped Austin out of his name, so now he's just Theory. I'm like, good lord, can't you just keep with the two names? Like, just, if they start with Austin Theory, just keep it as Austin Theory. Don't do Seth freaking Rollins. Just say Seth freaking Rollins whenever he comes out. 
Oh, I that did. doesn't mean that you have to change his name to Seth freaking Rollins every that, time he comes out. That might be a Seth thing, though, because he's changed his thing depending upon what he is. Like, remember, he was the Monday Night Messiah at one point. He was the... Yeah. And so I think he's got say in that because I don't think that's a WWE thing coming up with those changes. Because, I don't know. Because like, still... Rollins was his. He's the one yeah. that came up with that. And, you know, and that's that kind of is reminiscent of Chris, you know, Raw's Jericho that Chris Jericho used to do. Yeah. And, you know, but anyhow. But, yeah, Theory and Mustafa Ali, that was another match. It wasn't very long. It was only 10 minutes. For me, I barely watched that one, even coming off the bathroom break match. Yeah. Because like, I mean, it was good for what it was. I liked his ring gear. I thought it was cool, like, how he came out like a Chicago ring gear. But they even made his music worse than it was before. I liked his old music. And then his new music, I just didn't really care for. And then you talk about Austin uh, Theories with his A Town Down bullshit. No, like his fucking, uh, not Austin Theories. I don't like his theme song. I'm talking about Mustafa Ali's one. His like his, the one that he does now isn't as good as his old, old one. That one's been like that for a while, though. That well, dude. I mean, I didn't hear it, obviously, because I, I haven't cared for that one. <laughs> Because he's had that one since he had the uh, the scorpion looking outfit that he used to come out in. I just remember the one where he had the light on his hands that or on his hand that that theme. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, this theme seems a lot like that one though. It's a lot like it, but it's just not as good. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like it's kind of like hearing certain people's themes. It's like when Keith Lee was there. His new one was similar, but it was not as good as the other one was. <laughs> in my opinion, talking. at least. Huh? I said Joe's not talking much today. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not that. It's just, um, I I liked this match, but I was shocked. I was thinking the whole time, like. Dang, Mustafa Ali's got a match on a pay-per-view and he doesn't even want to fucking be there anymore. Yep, that's pretty much what I was thinking about is if they should have just released him. But, I mean, granted, if he had another two and a half years, that's probably why they didn't. (laughs) Honestly. AEW won't release uh, MJF, but they're not going to give him pushes. And that's... Mustafa Ali may wrestle, but he's not going to get a push. He's going to lose most of his matches. Yep, and I, I think I thought that too. I didn't think because that's why I was saying with this one with theory, like I mean I don't think he's won at all except for maybe like just to go against theory, right? Yeah, and the only thing that'll change that is if the crowd reacts. To yeah, the stuff he's doing, but I mean cause... even then I don't think that, that would change it. <laughs> like... Yeah, but it'll cause WWE to rethink it. I mean, yeah, if... true that with AEW but if you keep him off TV it's like MJF we're going back to MJF again but AEW I think will keep him off TV so that doesn't happen yeah and see that's what I would think in this but you got to get your money out of him too at the same time so it's like they're still paying him so yep and that's the main difference with this too I mean like that's why I didn't think that he was going to win it anyway 
And, and so, like, I already knew how the match was going to go. And then, what's it called? It was quicker than I expected it to be, too. So, I mean, but, I mean, I thought it was going to be longer just because I thought the main event was going to be long, uh, shorter. And I think we oh, were yeah. all, like, in agreement that we thought that it wasn't going to be that long. Sure as a hell. There was no way in hell knowing what happened did I think that the main event was going to go 24 minutes. Oh, yeah. Like, when, especially when you see... Okay, this is one thing that I have to just say, like, on the pay-per-view. Or, like, just Cody, just as a man, he is a tough son of a bitch just because he tore his... Like, they said that it was started from, like, the, the match that he did with Seth. Or whatever, like the week prior or something. But if anything, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened when he was just lifting weights. It's just tore. Probably exactly what happened. They they just prepped up the storyline. To yeah, of, they were trying to build it up. Like, oh, it started with Seth. That it was. But Seth if anything, it was just him working out, and it just tore off. Yeah, it's continuing that babyface push. You know, like saying Seth is the one that hurt him, and ultimately. No, he lifted weights in the gym and it tore. That's what yeah. And I don't know uh, it's different unless he was hurt going in beforehand, whether or not there was a partial tear in that thing. Yeah. They put, and and like, I was sitting there and I was like, fuck, when they were doing Hell in a Cell, I definitely didn't think that they were going to fucking do Seth versus Cody again. But, I mean, at least they didn't do two unnecessary Hell in a Cell matches. It was all based around Cody and Seth being in a Hell in a Cell match, and it was like properly built. Like, it made sense that this was the Hell in a Cell match. Right? It was because they were like out of blood food, and it's mostly because Cody was trying to get away from Seth, and Seth was wanting to get that win back. Practically. Well, yeah. well Cody hasn't lost. Yeah. So, yeah. It makes the angle, this one out of any other ones, I would say made sense, even though we've seen it three times in a row. Yeah. They tend to have these three matches in a row in the payoff match. This one was different in that Seth had lost twice. I sure as the hell did not think Cody was going to win this match, knowing going in what the hell happened. Oh, yeah. But you know that when you, uh, it was funny at the beginning how, like, Seth came out with the polka dot outfit <laughs> to it's poke br- fun at Dusty. It's brilliant what he's doing right now. And that's why I was saying he came out that way. And that's why I said that they lost an opportunity with Cody's injury and how the, they played this match out and how they started it out on Raw with Seth coming out and actually giving Cody respect for for going through the injury and shaking his hand, they could have went right to the babyface push for Seth. Yeah. And put him right away based solely on this. Yeah. That would have been perfect. It would have made perfect sense. But no. What do they do? They keep him heel and they explain Cody, for some reason, Cody being out by Seth attacking him yeah, which you didn't really have to do. You did Like on Raw when he came out and he was like, oh, if by chance I make it to Money in the Bank and then like Seth beat him up, they should have yeah. left that shit alone. 
Yeah. And then what you, you know, you still leave the, op- you still leave it open down the road. Even if you flipped him, made him the baby face whilst Cody's out, you could still have that match at money in the bank. If he made it back soon enough. Yeah. Then, and that's, uh, and that's the main thing for me is like, that's the only drawback out of this match. And then at that point you can flip him heel again. That's yeah. why you don't, you didn't have to. And that's why I said there was a missed op for me. It was a missed opportunity period to, to create the, cause he's already got the following Seth Rollins could flip face tomorrow and get the biggest pop of the company. Yep. All he has to do is come out different. When, when he was facing Roman, he was the face. Even though he was a heel, he came out with the Shields outfit on. He was he got the biggest pop that night. Yep. He could do that just with his damn outfits. And, that's and why he just do, and does the same. Like, if he was in a, uh, like, say, he, okay, so uh, even now, like, he could probably do something. Like, if he goes against Ezekiel at one point. He dresses up like fucking Elias when he comes out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's he like he could make it work against any of the other people. That was what I was talking about with Elias earlier, was that Seth can go either way and be a face or a heel depending upon what he wants to do. So it's real easy. Like, with the pick he's got right now, he could make himself a face or a heel in a given match. Very easily. Yep. The one that they can do that with instead of trying to organically change somebody's mind about somebody. And yeah, because especially with Seth Rollins' gimmick right now, it just works so so, so well with him right now. It does. Like, even if he was a face, it would still work Yeah, he had the for, um, for a while, at least. And this is like top-tier Seth right now. Mm-hmm. And it was like... He said some stuff when he was like prior, and that's mostly, I think that's essentially what got him to turn heel in the first place. But then he did the modern night Messiah, a Monday night Messiah stuff, and that worked its case. But like, this is like the visionary shit is like his best stuff. And and that's even with him with Cody, this match was great. Like, I definitely, and I gotta say, this was like, a career-making moment for Cody. And that says something, because I've always been a fan of Cody, even though that sometimes his heel shit, like, gets boring to me every once in a while, but I've always been a fan of Cody. Like, like the only thing, probably the last, uh, like, the thing that I didn't really care about him in was Legacy. I didn't really care about Legacy all that much. I mean, it was just beefing up, like, uh, second generations and third generation superstars. So that's really all legacy was. So I didn't really care about that. But dashing Cody Rhodes when he was the other Cody Rhodes, where like he got his, he thought in his head that he hurt himself. That's top tier Cody for me. Was when he got, uh, I think it was Cody Rhodes or not Cody Rhodes, but like uh, Rey Mysterio. He hit him in the face with the six one nine or something. And then he like acted like he was ugly. So then he fuck. Uh, he had this other mask on the whole time. So like Cody Rhodes has always to me made something out of nothing. Even when he was doing Stardust and everything else. And this is like him doing his WWE shit. I think 
is time for him to be top guy at one point. And it sucks knowing that he tore his pack, but this is a career making moment for him. And he, as soon as like, it reminds me of triple H when he tore his quad in that match, like that next time when he was recuperating, I mean, it also helped knowing that they were like doing the video package of triple H when they were, showing like the surgery of him getting it tore um, put back on like the main reason why they, that people freaked out when Triple H came back was because of how tough he was and this is different because he came into the match with the tour pec and he and it was gruesome the like when he took the jacket off it looked gross and you could tell that and like some people were saying CGI and shit. There ain't no way no, that you could fake that shit. No, cause even his that- t- he was, his breast was so damn large and his other arm was large, larger, the other side. There is no way that you could fucking make that look fake. <laughs> well, not only that, if you remember triple H tore his pick, and they well, that's what I'm saying. And yeah, a- like he tore his pack when I think it was the Shawn Michaels match when he was yeah. w- with uh, McCain and uh, Undertaker when they did that match. I think that was when he tore his pack. But they've done pictures side by side, and Triple H's looked exactly the same. Like it looked the- about the same. Yeah, the only difference was Cody's went all the way into his arm. Well, I, think- I don't think uh, Triple H's went into his arm as much. No, I but I think. Part of his is because he did stuff with it afterwards. Oh, yeah. Like, it made yeah. it worse. They showed, like, after the match and stuff, before he went to surgery, it went, and the blood went all the way down to his wrist. Mm-hmm. So, like, and that shows, like, something for the testament of period about being a tough guy is that. He probably didn't want to let anybody down. Now that his picture was up on the uh, the poster, yeah, I mean, or the Hell in a Cell, he was top billed being in the main event. He probably didn't want to let anybody go home, like sad or whatever. So he was like, "Fuck! If I already got it tore all the way off, let's fucking do the match." Yeah, and and like I said, it will do nothing but help him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a career defining moment for him. Because they're going to say, like, and I think legit Seth Rollins, when he was in the ring on Raw, when he sat there and he was like, you're legit the toughest person I've ever stood across from in the ring. I think he legit meant that shit. But that's because nobody else would do the same shit that Cody did in that match. Oh, but uh, that's where I was saying they missed the mark because instead of keeping him healed, that's where they could have turned him face. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, and I, I don't think it was necessary. Because everybody knew he was going to get fucking surgery. That's Everyone not- knew. You didn't yeah. need to do the shit that you did, right? No. Like, no, literally, okay. this could have offset they only from, did- like, when he came back to, like, doing other shit. But, yeah, they like, they did- were- yeah, they only did it to keep him healed, though. They didn't. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like trying to find out an excuse when they should have just left it there. They should. They, I agree. I agree. They should have turned him face. I agree yeah. with you, Jeremy. I mean, like, like uh, uh, Seth Rollins is one of the guys where he could play a good face, but even a better heel in most circumstances. But like his shit with the visionary stuff, 
works both ways. <laughs> like, and them doing this shit right now is like the only missed part of that about it because well, I the, love the cowbell shit. And the, I loved how like he hit him in the like the the main uh, part for me where it seemed like it was legit when Cody was trying to lift this sledgehammer in his hand and he was lowering it down. Like well, you could legit look like he was having trouble lifting that shit. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was getting at before, though. They could have flipped him face, right? And he could have taken out Roman as a face. Yeah. And then... And then face Cody when he came back. Face Cody when he came back, and that's when he comes heel again, and he goes after the peck in their match. Like, literally... I mean, it's like drawing itself up, and they didn't... It's just crazy how they... I don't know. They just, I just, it feel- seems like they're going the easy road instead of the one where it's just like, you know, what's going to happen is with the whole edge thing, edge is going to be the face that they've that either that or like he's off TV for a little bit or something. I don't know. I don't know exactly what they, they're trying to go. But they like- said that, uh, they say that, um, he's going to be out for nine months. Who? Oh, uh, Cody. Yeah. They were just saying that. I mean, like, I think uh, did yep. John Cena tear his pack too oh, one time? Back really fast. I know he's tore his bicep, but like, I'm pretty sure he tore his pack too. I'm pretty sure he tore his pack, and that's when he came back really fast. Like, yeah, because we were surprised that he came back as fast as he did. Which I think that they're saying nine months that way. If they if they do it in six months, like if he comes back in six months, it'll be a surprise. Whereas nobody expects it. Yeah, he tore his peck in. I'm just imagining that fucking pop that he's gonna get though. Yeah, John Cena tore his peck back in 2007. See, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, uh, against uh, Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. And then he came back super fast. At yeah. the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, John Cena's always been superhuman, though, it seems like, because he's always been able to recuperate from an injury super fast. Like, it seems like no matter what. But hopefully everything's speedy for Cody Rhodes, and I imagine the pop that he's going to get when he comes back. If anything, they probably have to do it against uh, at a pay per view, and it has to be for Roman. <laughs> Either and, that for Seth. I'm like, I don't want to see another match with Seth, even though that like they could clearly do like a triple threat between him, Seth, and Roman. But it should be for Roman. Imagine that damn pop if if it was for Roman. <laughs> you know the thing though is is that. Cody could Seth could be a face and him and Cody could he could still hate Cody and be a face. Yeah. That's what I don't get. That's he, what I'm saying. They could still do a face and they could still have a match. match where he wants to finally get that win over Cody. Like that's perfect right there. They didn't need to do this uh, fighting and all this shit. But I mean that is what it is. Okay, so anyway, I think that's it for the match at least and this match was amazing yeah that's what i'm saying it was definitely like that's what i'm saying at least the first match and this one was the match of the night it's like it's hard for me to say which one (laughs) it was the match of the year for wwe so far oh true that it's the first match from seth rollins that got a five-star rating from dave Meltzer too yeah 
Which is insane. It's like Seth Rollins did put on some fucking bangers, but also at the same time he's put on some shit too. But he also fucking hell in cell match with Bray Wyatt. Yeah, it's also a testament to who he's wrestling too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like that's what I'm saying. If anything, this is going to help Cody and Seth at the long run from here on out. And I could have really helped Seth though a lot. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I just, I, it's going to be interesting to see because he's just going to be in that. While Cody's out, he's going to be the top heel, but they've they've got all these other fucking heels, so it's yep. like, yep, that's what and that's what I'm saying. Like I'm intrigued with what they do, especially and what's the next pay per view? Oh yeah, Money in the Bank. I'm wondering who the fuck they're going to pick for the men's and the women's. Well, you I know- definitely think Liv Morgan should take it. It would have for been the females, but I don't know. And like, it would have probably been Cody. Otherwise, if it would have been and like anybody, if Cody didn't get hurt, it would have probably been Cody that got the belt on the Money in the Bank briefcase. Probably, probably. like more than likely, that but would have been smart, it. But the smart thing would be if he has the ability to for him to come back and win it anyways, because oh, like. <laughs> He could take it for nine months and not even be on TV and get the WrestleMania match he wants. Or can yeah, he? true that. <laughs> I mean, true that. He if proved- they could, if he just showed up like Brock Lesnar and just showed up and won the damn thing. It's yeah. real easy to do it. I wouldn't be surprised if they do it. The point is, can he do it? Yeah, yeah. if he would be recuperated enough to be able to do it. Yeah, and it would have to be like a surprise thing where he comes in at the end. That's what I'm saying. Like Brock Lesnar, when like Ollie was about to get it, and but Brock Lesnar came in. Like that's the only thing that I could see of like it being like that. No, they should have or like anybody else. They could have picked the worst person to win it from, and then Cody, like they have it on him, and then Cody comes back and then does like a match against him. Like if Seth wins it again, like say, for instance, Seth wins it, right? And then he beats him for it. Like he doesn't cash it in and then he comes out and he's like, hey, how about we do this? And then they do a match and then he beats him for it and then goes for it. Uh, I mean, we're just spitballing here, but. Did you have it where Seth's in the match and then you find out someone took out Seth? And it's Cody Rhodes, and he shows up. It could be anything. I mean, they they could do the possibilities are there if they wanted to. That's the and that's the main thing. So WWE smart enough at this point. I just that that's exactly the point. So I think uh, it's at the beginning of the month, right? I think uh, next month for money. Well, I know at the end of the month is Forbidden Door, which I figure that's going to be our next one. But, yeah. like, uh, I think it's at the beginning of the... Yeah, it's during 4th of July weekend or whatever for Money in the Bank. So, it'll be, like, close by. It will be, like, one week will be Forbidden Door, and then it'll be Money in the Bank right after. Yeah, Saturday, July 2nd is Money in the Bank. Yeah, and I'm very intrigued with what they're going to do with Forbidden Door. I don't know how they're going to set... Like, it looks like the only one that's set... And Stone, there's like two matches where it was going to be Tanahashi versus CM Punk, which now it looks like it might be um, Tanahashi versus either, I think it's either, or no, Mox was the one that won against Kyle O'Reilly. I forgot. 
So it's either Tanahashi or it's going to be Mox that wins the belt. Which there, it was funny. Somebody was like, "What if they put the AEW belt on Tanahashi?" And I'm like, "Well, I mean, they could, and then just have C- and CM Punk come out, and then they do that match later on." What's well, an like inter- at one of the other pay per views? Because CM Punk didn't relinquish his, so it's going to be an. Well, interim that's what I'm saying. Belt. No, that's an interim belt. It but would it'll... explain it why they would still have that match afterwards. Yeah, it'll be a unification belt later. Or... Yeah, like yeah. which what they kind of did like with John Cena and CM Punk at one point but uh, that's another tale but uh so everybody get intrigued for Forbidden Door the possibility was was uh, which what they'll do I wonder if it'll be just more than just New Japan showing up and maybe Impact guys will show up I don't know or Raw well the thing is forbidden. well that's what I'm saying like the Forbidden Door stuff is mostly in, it, in New Japan and uh, AEW paper for you, That's but the way shit. that they have it, they might have other dudes show up. So yeah. that's the thing. I'm I'm curious on what they do with this pay per view. They probably have like a lot of bangers on this match or on the pay per view. They're gonna um, they're gonna they're gonna bring in Mickey James. Well, that's what I'm saying. They could do anything. Supposedly, they have like somebody from Stardom in mind. Where it's supposed to be with, um, what's her face? Hikaru Shida. There's a chick that is in stardom that was like in a tag team with her or something. I forgot the name of the person, but supposedly they were saying that they wanted her to show up to go against uh, Thunder Rosa. Which that would be cool. I don't know so much about the wrestler. Supposedly it's like one of their top females there, but I don't know for sure. But... For all that, I guess we will talk to you guys at Forbidden Door. And if you've made it to the end right here, thank you for listening. And any other final thoughts between y'all? No, I thought the pay-per-view was good. Not as good as, oh, double or nothing, but it was really good. Uh, the matches I didn't care for were Shelton Benjamin, or not Shelton Benjamin, <laughs> Bobby <laughs> Lat. I don't know why I keep wanting to call him that. I know that's not who he is. Um, I, the only match I didn't really care for was the Bobby Lashley match, even though he's super over with the crowd, he got like a huge pop and, um, and I didn't really care for the, the Baron Corbin match. And I don't even know why I just don't care for Baron Corbin. I guess ever since one of the WWE games, his character got on my fucking nerves and I just don't care for him for him. And I agree. So I didn't really, and another uh, person pointed out that I don't know the name of the guy he fought because I I don't get to watch wrestling, but he, uh, he, he looked like a, he looked like a generic creator wrestler template. (laughs) Oh, talking about Riddick Moss or Madcap Moss? Madcap Moss. And I'm like, he kind of did. He kind of looked like a generic wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's what Riddick Moss looked like when he sh- first showed up. I think so, yeah, the only difference was that it was blue trunks instead of black trunks. <laughs> and but, I was like, way to make him look like a regular dude now. Overall, I thought the show was good. You know, um, the matches were all entertaining except for those two. It sucks that Oscar had to eat the pen, but. They, they they want to keep Bianca Belair and they yeah, want to keep Becky Lynch strong. Lose it, but I mean, yeah, that's what it is. So, but I hope, but I think Oscar. 
which sucks because I think out of the three, technically, I think Oscar is the most dominant as far as like yep. if you, if you watch her go. So it sucks that she had to eat the pen, but you know it was a good opening match, and both all three women are really good wrestlers. I was glad I didn't have to see Charlotte. Yeah, fucking like you know, give it a few months. <laughs> I will Give it like this. another month or so. She'll probably be up on there. Fine. Probably by SummerSlam, she'll be up there. I mean, if they had Andrade come back on Dynamite, then she'll probably be back in like a, in a couple of weeks. I thought it was funny that there's only one the SmackDown she'll she'll match. There's only yeah. one SmackDown match on that card. So basically, this was a premium live Raw event. Because everybody else is a raw superstar, which that's what I've been talking about in the first place. Is that the, it seems like all of these are just extra raws now, instead of like it being its own, like double or nothing, all out, all their fucking pay per views feels like a fucking pay per view or like an extra special thing. Like I mean, well, granted, they have like kind of the problem with having a pay- premium live event every month. Yeah. You don't have I think that's why it works up. well for AEWs, knowing that they do it every three months. Mm-hmm. It makes it so much better. But to be that way for WWE, but with the Peacock deal and the WWE network before, they had to give a reason for why you needed to buy it. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's why I think, uh, what's it called? I don't know. Sometimes it feels like it's way better than it is, and then it goes to a bunch of bullshit again. <laughs> So, uh, with all that being said, yeah, the thing I want to say is for mm-hmm. anyone that made it this far, is check out our YouTube channel. Um, anyone for videos that are out there, I hope we start putting out additional ones, even that on our kids' edition channel. We're gonna start, oh, yeah. I gotta, um, like, I gotta do some more of the music reviews and stuff like that, but I just haven't had time really. Yeah, and bro stuff needs to. <laughs> yeah i'm probably gonna I mean, do it a, what it is <laughs> i think after after strange new worlds is done and i can get my office tidied up i'll i'll do a uh i'll do a recap of the season and what my well when i say recap i'll, I'll talk about my thoughts of the first season yeah Maybe. i need to start doing like anime ones too probably i'm thinking about doing those for like certain uh series of shows that are on and stuff like but, that i might do that <laughs> but wrestling related i went to walmart today and got a uh cool funko pop which one though i got the john cena and the rock from wrestlemania oh my god which so one the first clear, one the once the... in a lifetime or is it the twice in a lifetime one it looks it doesn't say but because if it was the twice in a lifetime one me and jeremy were at it was I can't tell from the, the but it it comes with a it's both figures and they're in a wrestling they're in the WrestleMania ring. See with uh, the only wrestling ones that I have are mostly the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes, funny enough, and then I have Oscar and then uh Stone Cold. Yeah, that's, that's it. I Those the, are the only wrestling ones that I, I have. I have the Ric Flair from WWE 2K19. Oh, yeah. I forgot that you got the special edition one. Yeah, yeah I have Ric that Flair one. In it. 
Yeah, I have the Hollywood Hulk Hogan Funko. And then I've got the Rock and Stone Cold in the Raw Wrestling Ring. They they nice. had a, they actually had a Bianca Belair uh, pop for like eight bucks on clearance, but I I thought I saw the John Cena and the Rock one, and it came with the WrestleMania ring, so I thought this was pretty freaking cool. Yeah, so, because of the ring, because of the ring, it's much. Both of the matches I didn't really care for, but. That's for another. Uh, that's a tale for another day. So for, uh, I guess we'll talk to you guys at Forbidden Door. Yep. Thank you for listening. Peace out. Bye. See ya. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, you can check out all of our social media accounts, which is the Heart of Geek. And our Twitch channel is Heart of Geek. If you guys wanted to leave any comments or questions uh, uh, relate towards our Facebook page, Instagram, or anything else that you could possibly leave a comment and recommend us anything else to do in the meantime. And for all of that, thank you for enjoying Wrestling with the Willies.